dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this morning from the Gospel of Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 12, from verse 13 to 21, a man in the crowd said to Jesus, Master, tell my brother to give me a share of our inheritance. My friend, he replied, who appointed me your judge or the arbitrator of your claims? Then he said to them, Watch and be on your guard against avarice of any kind. For a man's life is not secure by what he owns, even when he has more than he needs. Then he told them a parable. There was once a rich man who, having had a good harvest from his land, thought to himself, What am I to do? I have not enough room to, be, to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods in them. And I will say to my soul, My soul, you have plenty of good things laid by for many years to come. Take things easy. Eat, drink, have a good time. But God said to him, Fool! This very night the demand will be made for your soul, and this horde of yours, whose will it be? So it is when a man stores up treasure for himself in place of making himself rich in the sight of God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if we pay attention to the reading, he said, A man in the crowd said to Jesus, Master, Tell my brother to give me a share of our inheritance. A man in the crowd. For a man to cry out in the crowd tells you how serious his matter was. It tells us that this man was really, really suffering from the treatment his brother gave him. So much so that I suspect Possibly he must have already informed family members and they maybe they spoke to the brother and the brother was not yielding. And maybe he appealed to elders, think about it, other family members, extended family members, and the brother was not yielding, was not listening to them. And so, all along, when Jesus was addressing the crowd, the man's attention was not even on the message of Jesus but actually on their property and the treatment the brother was giving him. It is obvious from this his cry that the brother was unfair to him. Because if we are brothers and our father passes on, the inheritance is ours. And in fact, he says, Master, tell my brother to give me a share of our inheritance. It suggests that this brother took all the inheritance without sharing with him. Friends, 
So this man had to cry out to Jesus. Now he says, Master, tell my brother. Dear friends, even in the ill treatment from his brother, he didn't disown him. He still recognized him as his brother. He said, Master, tell my brother. Somebody who is angry and maybe would have said that, tell that man there to give me a share of our inheritance. And maybe Jesus would have had to ask, what is your relationship? So even though this man was in pain, he was ill-treated or maltreated, he still recognized the one who was maltreating him as his brother. So my brother, it suggests that they are a family. And the fact that they are a family, he still accepted him though they were mistreating him or he mistreated him. The point I want to make is this. This was a family, so to speak. And they had their family issue and they took it to Jesus, so to speak. Friends, even at that time, families had problems. My brother, tell my brother. They were brothers and yet they had this problem. What do we learn from it? There is no perfect family. Friends, there is no perfect family out there. As long as individual members of the families of our families are not perfect, we cannot have a perfect family. So we will have issues. And in every family, there will be somebody who will act in a way that will annoy or irritate all of us. But friends, let us still recognize that person as our brother and do all we can to resolve issues and matters among ourselves. This man went to Jesus. He cried out from the crowd. Let us take our family issues to Jesus. That is what this man is telling us. We take our family issues to Jesus in prayer. And it's interesting, Jesus didn't address the brother directly by telling him, my brother or my friend, share, your, share the inheritance or give um, what belongs to your brother to him. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus further gave a teaching, and in fact, this teaching, the parable he gave, was actually addressed to the brother, and indeed to all of us who are greedy. Then he told them a parable. There was once a rich man who haven't had a good harvest from his land. Thought to himself, we, we, we read the story already, the parable already. The point Jesus is telling us is this. I believe and I suspect, most probably, after this man had listened to the parable Jesus gave, if he was open-minded, probably he would have changed and gone home to share with his brother. So he realized that Jesus used his word to communicate what the man wanted from his brother to his brother. Jesus didn't go directly to tell the man, share and give your brother's property back to him or what, what belongs to him. Jesus spoke. The insight is this. Jesus is trying to tell or Jesus is telling us that if we will make time to listen to his word together as families, there will be transformation in our families. Jesus gave a parable. Jesus took his time to speak to the hearing of everybody, including the, the brother of this man. And I believe Jesus' expectation was that as this man listened to this parable, listened to the word that was coming from him, it will convict him and convert him and subsequently lead him to do what was right with his brother.
So the lesson this morning is this. Jesus is telling us that if we will make time and sit together as family to reflect on his word, to listen to his word, to share the Bible and to pray together and to bring our issues and misunderstandings before him, friends, they will be resolved. Jesus is encouraging us to make time for his word as families. Friends, I can tell you, most of the issues we all have in our families, if we will make time and come together and have morning prayer, evening prayer, let's plan. It is possible. Make time to read the Bible, to study the Bible together. Friends, so many things will be resolved in our families. The very fact that we make time to come together as family before the Lord Jesus Christ is a recognition of the fact that we need him in our families. And friends, anyone who calls on Jesus will not be rejected. This man called on Jesus, Jesus attended to him. If we come together as families and sit before Jesus, Jesus will attend to us. But when we don't make time to come together as families before Jesus, all we are telling Jesus is that we are self-sufficient and we don't need you. And once again, that is pride. And God resists the pride. God resists the proud, but will always give grace to the humble. And that means that if we don't come to Jesus in prayer as families, friends, we will continue to struggle with many, many issues that are not making us happy in our family. It is obvious that this man and his brother, they were not, I mean, this man was not happy in the family. This man was not a happy man in the family. Friends, are you happy in your family? What are the issues in your family? Let us be bold and bring these issues to Jesus in prayer. Let us come together and bring our issues, family issues, to Jesus in prayer. Jesus is ready to help us. There is no problem that cannot be solved in the presence of Jesus Christ. There is no problem that has no solution when we involve Jesus Christ. Yes, sometimes the solution, the solution may go against us somehow or may not, be, may not be pleasing to us. But if we are open and ready to listen to him and take his advice, it may contradict our own plans or our own wishes or our own ways, uh, way of thinking the problem would have been solved. But if we allow him and go the way Jesus is asking us to go, friends, our problems in the families will be resolved. God wants us to live happily in our families. The will of God for every family is that we be united, we stand together, and be happy in our families. Jesus wants to dwell in our families. And friends, let us always remember this. If, it, the, if the wider church is not a happy church, by and large, it means that our families are not happy. Because the larger church, the larger church community is a, com is a combination, is a makeup of what? All the individual families. So if we have unhappy individual families coming together, we will have what? An unhappy church. But friends, the church is supposed to be a place of joy and peace. But if we are in our families, we don't have peace and we don't have joy and we come together, it means we are bringing the lack of it into the church also. But friends, the word of God is a source of our joy and our peace. Let us come around the word of God. Let us come together and spend time with the word of God and many of our issues will be resolved. It's interesting. This man was, this man was with his brother in the crowd before Jesus Christ. This man who was greedy was with his brother 
uh, this man whose uh, brother was greedy was with him in front of Jesus Christ. So they both came to Jesus Christ. And thank God the other brother mentioned it out, more or less like a prayer petition. Friends, when we come together, let us raise issues concerning our families before the Lord himself. He will resolve them for us. And Jesus cautions all of us. He says, then he said to them, watch and be on your guard against avarice, that is greed, of any kind. Friends, Jesus is asking each one of us to watch and be on guard. Let us watch our lives. Let us watch what we do. Are we showing signs of greed? Do we have more than enough and yet others are suffering? Let us look into our wardrobes. Let us look into our homes. Many of the things we are not using, let us give them up. Friends, not only the things we are not using, but living, let us be, let us be ready to help others, even from new, giving them new things. But why I said sometimes uh, some of the things we don't use is that sometimes what the thing you are not using and think it is old is new for somebody. Sometimes the things you think are old, the things you think are old are very new to somebody. So let us look into our wardrobes. Let us search our hearts and our, 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 our homes and see what we can give out and what we can give to be of benefit to another person. I remember in the seminary, one of our committees used to tell us, that if you have a, a dress or a shirt that you have not worn in the last two months, it means you don't need that shirt. Kindly give it out to somebody. If in the last two months, check your wardrobe and you realize that there is a dress or a, 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 a pair of shoe that you have not used, something of yours that you have not used for the past two months, it shows that you don't need it. And for all you know, there is somebody out there who is dying for it. Why don't we share? In sharing, we draw people closer to God. Because the very act of sharing makes the person say, Thank you, Jesus, or thank you, God, and draws the person closer to God. So our act of giving and sharing draw people to closer to God himself. And that is the mind of God for each one of us. Let us pray that God will help us to indeed watch and be on our guard against every form of greed and avarice. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Remain blessed and have a wonderful day in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.